ladies and gentlemen, sit back and get comfortable. But not too comfortable. It's the WCHL Podcast with WCHL Commissioner Christopher Perry and Andrew Majorkirk. Well, alrighty then, this is the WCHL Podcast, and I am the Commissioner, Christopher Perry, and on the other end of the line is my very best friend in all the world. He is the ice caretaker extraordinaire at the Blazers Ice Center. He is the general manager of the University of Oklahoma Hockey Club, and also the lead pom-pom cheerleader for OU Hockey. It's Andrew Majorkirth. Andrew, say hello to the masses. Yo, yo, yo. Andrew, this is going to be our last podcast of the 21-22 season. How do you feel about that? Are you okay with that? that It seems like we just got started on this thing, doesn't it? Man, it's hard to believe the season has already come and gone. That was quick. Nationals was quick. Yep. This thing went by in a blur, that's for sure. Yeah, it did. And sometimes that's uh, that could be good, and sometimes it drags, it dragged on for a little bit longer than it needed to. But uh, I was going to say, that's not always a bad thing, that we got it done quickly. It's April the 6th, and it's hard to believe that uh, that, that we're all we're, we're done. We're looking forward to next season already. We're done. You're, you're looking forward to planning a trip to Naples here in a couple of weeks? Whatever. I'm not going to Naples. And here we go. Yeah. You know, Naples is, is going on, but, um, and, and then we'll, we'll get into the nuts and bolts of this because we have a great viewer question, actually, too, that's going to dominate the rest of this podcast. But uh, the ACHA annual meetings are coming up in Florida, Andrew, and I know that you're not going. I'm not going. Um, they used to be held at the Naples Beach and Golf Club. However, the Naples Beach and Golf Club, a glorious thing, kind of, kind of. If you think of, uh, you know, it's kind of like a dirty dancing type resort. It's a very family based resort. <laughs> yeah. But it's right on the beach, and it's old timey. I mean, it is. It's old timey. It's it's awesome and it's classy. Uh, but it's very fifties, sixties ish in in terms of its charm. There's grass and there's families out playing wiffle ball and throwing frisbee around. And then out mm. on the beach, you have all the drunken hockey coaches and the both yeah, men and women playing pickleball or volleyball or <laughs> hide the ball yeah. or whatever it is that they're playing out there. So, uh, and then at night, obviously, you know, there's bonfire and on one side of the beach, there's a, uh, a bonfire and a bunch of uh, drunken knuckleheads. <laughs> and then, uh, the, then there's like a little jazz troop or a jazz trio or something that's playing around the pool and, you know, a lot of the older folks show up there. You know, they get dressed up to go sit outside and sweat their uh, tails mm, off. I'm, I'm out. Yeah. Anyways, uh, the ACHA meetings this year, that that place sold, so it is no longer in existence. It's being demolished to become condominiums on the right on the beach. So this year's ACHA meetings are taking place at the Spanish Wells Country Club up in Bonita Springs, which is about 10 miles north of where they're usually held. Maybe not even that. Maybe it's five miles north. Uh, but anyways, long story short, I'm not going. There's nothing going on. There's going to be uh, the general meeting on Saturday morning is usually a, a tremendous bore. <laughs> and, um, you know, the, the executive director gets up, and, and I'm not saying he's boring, but he has to, you know, he gets up and he gives his report. And it's, you can imagine, it's, you know, it's plain vanilla. 
bring your bring your toothpicks to hold your eyelids open oh yeah and, yeah and it gets going at 8 30 in the morning right so i oh. mean who wants to get going that early on a saturday morning yeah no, i'm out i'm good but uh yeah and then you know the president gets up and you know the treasurer gets up and he talks and it's you're like oh my god shoot me now <laughs> um and then we get into uh, if there are proposals to for the entire organization to to hold or to deal with and there's, I, I think there are four this year. I'm only aware of one of them. And basically it's, does the ACHA want to have nationals be one gigantic event with all five divisions in one place? Mm-hmm. Or do they want to have five little nationals, one for each division in five different places? And, mm-hmm. I, you know, I sense, my sense is that the coaches uh, – my sense is that the coaches will want to shoot for five little nationals in five different places. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's short-sighted. Um, and I dis- I wholeheartedly disagree with it. I think the, especially this past year proved that it can be a very cool event if it's held all at one place under one roof. Yeah. The, you gotta, you gotta nail the ge- the geography of it though, right? That's just make it. it. That's make just it, it, it worthwhile for everybody. St. Louis worked well. Now, not to say Dallas and Columbus didn't work out well. They did. They were, they were great. They were fantastic. Um, however, it was a special added oomph, if you will, that all five divisions were in one place this year. Yeah. Um, yeah. so anyways, that's what's up for Saturday morning. And, um, I, you know, I, I don't care to sit and listen to a bunch of blowhards talk about that. I know what they're going to do. Uh, I'm, I'm full of fledged backing Minot wanting to go uh, Division One pool play since they got their butts kicked in the first round this year. Well, see, and that's the whole other thing. In the afternoon is when the breakout meetings happen. Each division mm-hmm. has their own breakout meeting. And there's only one proposal that's up for grabs at Division One, and that <laughs> is a proposal by some of the teams out east that uh, they want to enforce or they want to put a, a bylaw in there that says if a team commits to come to you, then you have to honor the return road trip within two to three seasons or else. But there's no – or, or Yeah, there's no or else in there. There's oh. no penalty. It's just kind of a wag your finger thing at it. So I think it's a, a worthless proposal and, uh, so, and it has no teeth. And honestly, I don't think you need something like that. You, this is it's it's business, and if somebody burns you, you chalk it up and you learn from it, and you say, "I'll never deal with that sob ever again." Um, don't they have these things called uh, contracts? They do have things called contracts, and if if somebody, you know, basically this, in, in this was not my terminology, but somebody else said this. This was the F Ohio proposal because apparently Ohio is known for. <laughs> Um, inviting people to come to them and then never returning the favor. Uh, so, yeah, I know there's a couple of other teams out there that uh, shall rename nameless Iowa State that uh, is notorious <laughs> for not getting out and traveling. Also, right? Well, they're uh, that's, that's changing now, but it used to be the moniker of them. Right? It, it used to be, yeah. It's it's gotten a lot better under Coach Fairman. Uh, but uh, but anyways, I you know. If if you're not if they're not going to return the trip and you're not going to put it into a contract, then why go to them in the first place? Yep. Why there's, go Why go down that road? There's 68 teams out there. You can find someone else to go play that will return the trip. That's exactly right. So there's nothing. Uh, it's not like you're going to get an extra gold star or, you know, um, uh, you're going to move up a spot at, at nationals just because you played Ohio. So, uh, anyways, uh, and, and then yeah, there's uh, there's a. Uh, a discussion item, but it won't be an action item. It won't be voted on, but apparently Minot is circulating amongst the coaches 
a suggestion for Division One to change the format of their nationals to go to pool play mm-hmm. um, because you know they're it's going to cost them forty thousand dollars to go to Boston next year for only possibly one game. It's going to cost us all forty thousand dollars to get to Boston, isn't it? Well, that's just it. And it come on, I, I mean. I, I, I think, it, and this is just me, Andrew, and, uh, you know, I don't have a vote. I, I have an opinion, and I think it's mighty white of them to sit there and, and try to, you know, come across and say, well, you know, this format worked for us for the past 10 years when we yeah, won national say, championships or when we played our, for them. all of our butts, right? Yeah, exactly. When we were playing in the, in the championship game or we were winning championships, but now that we – lost in the first round and we're having to kind of come back to earth a little bit with all the rest of us peons yeah we need to change the format around and i and i i I get it i mean their coach they're they're no their coach at minot is a new coach this year and new guys you know i was one of those new guys once and new guys have all the answers and they you know they put out a lot of proposals so they don't realize we've talked about this before um, at, at our meetings. And, you know, we have a place for pool play if you want it. And it's called ACHA Division Two. And, uh, you know, if if you want to pool play, drop down and go play pool play. And, yep. Go go get in the pool. Yep. There you go. Yep. I, I think the format we have is excellent. And I think I love the one and done aspect of it. And does it suck? Yeah. It sucks when you're on the losing end of it. But you know yep. what? There are 20 teams that show up at nationals and 19 of them lose. No, uh, no participation trophies in D one. No, sure. no. So I, I, anyways, Andrew, you got me on a rant there. I'm not going to Naples. <laughs> I'm not going to spend. How, how about this? Get this, Andrew. I mean, flights normally, flights down there are fairly cheap, especially if you go on Southwest, right? Three hundred bucks, something like that yeah. round trip. Flights now are like a thousand to twelve hundred dollars round trip. Oh, yeah, there's no doubt. Yeah, no way. Well, I know of a group from the Western Collegiate Hockey League who shall remain nameless. They're probably the most eastern, <laughs> easternmost team, though, in the league. They're driving <laughs> down there. Road trip. Can you, can you imagine? What could, what could possibly go wrong? Oh, well, let's hope, the, let's hope those guys have safe travels. I looked into driving 24. 21 hours, I think, is what it, what, mm. what it looked from Oklahoma City to Florida. I don't, I don't, even, I don't even like driving to work, <laughs> much less Florida. Can not, you, not happening. Can you imagine? Not happening. I mean, I would have to stop like four or five times, you know, once in Shreveport, once in New Orleans, once in Gulfport, once in Pensacola. Just to, you know, I'd have to make a, a one-way trip would, have to, would take me four or five days. Oh, no way. We went to my in-laws that just moved to Arkansas a couple weeks ago. Yeah. That's only four hours from our front door to their front door. And two hours into it, I was questioning what I was doing with my <laughs> life. Like, what in God's name am I doing trapped in this car right now? Oh, when, when, I, when I drive from Oklahoma City to Fort Collins to go see Cam the Ram, you know, I know that's about 10 and a half hours, 11 hours if I'm, you know, not, if I don't have the, the, the pedal to the metal or if there's traffic. <laughs> But holy smokes, can you imagine doubling that? Mm-mm. After 11 hours, I'm beat. I'm ready to yeah, go not, go not. hit one of those microbreweries up there or something. Yeah. After not, 11 not. hours going to Florida, I'm halfway. No, when, like I said, four hours to my in-laws. And coming back, I was sitting there thinking, like, man, you know, we could just sell our car here. <laughs> we, we could go to the little municipal airport, hop on a plane, <laughs> and, 
and we'd be done with it, you know. We'd I, be out of here. I thought you know? you're, I thought you were going to find a hauler in eastern Oklahoma and go move in, and we can oh. build right here. Oh, my Lord. Oh. That's awful. So, anyways, thanks, Andrew. Yeah, you distracted me. I'm not going. We're not going to Florida. I think it's just going to be a huge waste of time. Myself. Yeah, you know it, that's what I always hear. Yeah, yeah. All right, Andrew. Um, hey, we got some exciting stuff. We'll talk about uh, closer to the end. But we have a viewer, a, a viewer question. We have a listener question or a listener suggestion, and it comes to us from Anita Suchia, who says, "Hey, Chris." Hope you made it back home to Oklahoma City safe and sound. One more question for you and Andrew. I think this will be a fun one. Hmm. Would you recap? Yeah, really. Thanks. Thanks, Anita. I think this will be a fun one. She asks, would you recap the 21-22 season for each WCHL team and perhaps include for each team an observation of what might help make next season better? This might be an action to improve the team or even if only fill in the blank hadn't happened so there's our task today andrew for this last edition of the wchl podcast a recap for each wchl team and maybe an action item or a uh if only if only this would have wouldn't have happened or something that might help make next season better for them sound like something we can do i thought we can chew that up for a little bit i mean you and i were not hockey guys we're not hockey guys, so, so don't get, listen to us too closely. I'm going to say, we got to take whatever we say with a grain of salt. So, uh, no Andrew, no how, are we, how, how are we going to do this? We've got the, the WCHL rankings. Uh, you want to go top to bottom or bottom to top? Well, I say let's go uh, top to bottom. Let's start top. with the champions. Let's do it. Central Oklahoma was our champion. Uh, I would say they had a pretty decent little season here in the Western Collegiate Hockey League. They went 18 18 wins, two losses. Their only two losses were at Missouri State. Um, and then, uh, obviously, they had a heck of a run at Nationals, went all the way to the championship game, played in two epic games uh, at overtime, uh, beating Indiana Tech in the first overtime and then uh, beating Iowa State in five overtimes. And they held their own in the championship game for two and a half periods until yes, they did. power plays got the best of them. And uh, a three to two game all of a sudden turned into an eight to three game. That, you're, that's right. So uh, what, what can Central Oklahoma do to make next season better? Well, you know, you kind of set it up for me. I was looking at Central Oklahoma. I was thinking that uh, team discipline. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, you said it. Uh, the penalties got them in the championship game there and. You know, kind of, kind of got them throughout the season a little bit, right? A lot of, a lot of majors and a lot of just stuff going on. So, shore that up a little bit, and uh, you know, they they kicked a lot of butts, and uh, I don't see why they couldn't do that again. Yeah, next I, season moving forward, right? I I, I I'll, I'll be honest, Andrew. I think Central Oklahoma actually played a. They were more disciplined this season than they have been in years past, and so I give them credit for that because. They, they do have a tendency to let the wheels, or they did have the tendency to have the wheels come off the bus at times when things yeah. weren't going against them or weren't going their way. And uh, I didn't see an awful lot of that. Now, there were, were there times when they were undisciplined and they took bad penalties? Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah. they I don't know that we could actually say they lost a game due to that, just due to no, them losing no, their no. minds. Yeah. No, it probably... probably Put them into pucker time a couple few there on some of that stuff. But, yeah, mm-hmm. clean some of that up and then, hey, 
I don't know why they couldn't be butt kickers again next season. That's the truth. I, so I, I would agree to a degree. I, the, you know, if they were to tighten up that discipline issue just a smidge more so that they become even more disciplined and allow fewer power plays. I also think if they could score a little bit more. And, yeah. I mean, their defense is solid. They had 89 in, in conference. They had 89 goals for 40 goals against. Um, yeah, they, that's the most. goals against in the league, yep. The best goals against and the most goals for. But, you know, Missouri State was one goal behind them. They had 88 goals on the season in conference. So I, I kind of thought at times they relied a little bit too heavily on number 19, Mikhailov. Yeah, you're exactly right. So if they could balance out that attack a little bit more, um, they've got great goaltending, I think, in Kelch and uh, an adequate – he's not a backup. I mean, he's a 1A, Wakeland. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, their two goaltenders are solid moving forward. So yeah, yeah, and, I don't know why they couldn't keep this going for a while here. And, and their coaching, I think, is top-notch. So I, I, you know, I think it, they don't have massive improvements to make, but uh, I think they've got uh, – I think they've got some uh, stuff going for them. I yeah, think no, you're right. Minor tweaks will will get them back to uh, to where they want to be, which is the championship game again. Yep, no, you're 100 percent right. You know, uh, Coach Rivera, he gets those kids to buy into his system and what he's doing, and you know what, they fly around and they they have bought in 100. percent So kudos to him for that, right? Yep, yep, yep. All right, hey, Missouri State is uh, number two. Missouri State finished the season with. 15 wins, four losses, and one overtime or shootout loss. So um, they basically won three-quarters of their game in, games in conference. Um, obviously uh, had a disappointing end to their season, a 14 to nothing pasting um, at the hands of Adrian in the uh, opening round of, uh, of Nationals. So you tell me, Andrew. Um, oh, hey, and before we get going, 88 goals for, 50 goals against, again, in conference. So what could Missouri State do to improve or, getting back to Anita's question, you know, if only this hadn't have happened, if you know, only kinda, blank. You know, I, I'm going to go with if Case uh, and Glunt would have finished out the season, I think things would have been totally different for Missouri State in mm-hmm. the spring semester and mm-hmm. at Nationals as well. Yep. The uh, the thing it kind of seemed like a little they kind of they kind of went in little lulls. Um, if I'm describing what I'm thinking right, you know, they won conference games and stuff like that, but you know they they just kind of went into lulls. They they beat us by one goal um, on back to back nights when they came down here, when really they were the better team, head and shoulders, and above us, and they should have pasted us against the wall, right? And they just kind of let us hang around and kind of linger around and 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 almost snuck one out of them, right? Yep. So I would just say, you know, just kind of just right in the ship and, and, and correcting those lulls where, you know, you're they're cutting on cutting on all cylinders and all that at all times, not have those down moments where they let the they let teams hang around and stuff like that, if that makes sense. No, it does. It does. And I think they're uh I think one of the big things for for Missouri State in uh, that they can improve on next year is winning some road games. Yes. Um, they lost the two road games. Um, and they went out to Las Vegas and just got walloped. Um, they during the penultimate uh, weekend, uh, the weekend that effectively decided the uh, WCHL conference championship down here at UCO. Um, they lost both of those games, and um, you know I think that uh, it's fair to say that. Um, that they had they won some of those road games. I'm trying to think. I think there was one more that they lost. 
Um, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. Let's see if I, oh, they lost at home to Colorado. That's Colorado, what I was, was going to say. Yeah, they let you know that kind of slides back into what I was saying, right? They they let Colorado hang around. Yep. and they ended up getting them on that weekend, right? Yep, yep. So if they could, if they could win on the road and and not play down or to the level of their opponent, but just play at a consistent level, and yep. I think you're dead on. You know, if number ninety Gallant had stayed eligible, um, hopefully he'll come back. Uh, but what was he named uh, Rookie of the Year uh, to the yeah, All Rookie Team out of the conference? He, He's a great little player. So, he's a difference yeah, I maker. I hope he comes back. He is. He is. Yeah. I hope he comes back because it improves the league for sure. Again, good coaching, great organization up there, great fan support. Um, you know their defense is pretty. Their defense is pretty solid. Um, if they if they could just you know it seemed like the offense sputtered after the uh, uh, you know, after they, the turn of the semester. They did. They kind of sputtered in the spring there, right? But, and then and then we got a. You know, let's talk about the elephant in the room, right? Nobody wants to deal with a fourteen to nothing butt whooping. <laughs> yeah, no, that was that was ugly, right? Well, that was just non-competitive, and yeah, that, you, you don't yeah. want that. It's you, you you want guys that that play with some heart and play with some, you know, uh, fourteen to nothing shouldn't happen in nationals. No, not not when you've been a top team, what top ten all season long? Yeah, for the most part, you know. Yeah. Um, if, hey, if it, a couple weeks there. Yeah. If it was a Lindenwood playing a number twenty or Central Oklahoma playing a number twenty and UNLV playing a number twenty, then fourteen to nothing is kind of be expected. But this was a what was that a ten uh, seven game? Ten seven, I believe so. Something like that. Yeah. No, and it was. You know, it kind of tells me that there may be some boys that weren't all there, right? That maybe were looking ahead to to the weeks in in front of them what they were going to do, right? And just kind of. <laughs> Went through the motions. That's, you're saying that they might have had spring break and the beach on their mind, or or the <laughs> mountains and skiing on their that, mind. That's that's the only thing we should move nationals, right? Because it's the week right before spring break. So yeah, we should we should take that distraction out. It's difficult. It's difficult. It I I know. You know, we had it a couple of years ago. We had nationals after spring break, and people moaned and groaned because it was so oh. late in the season. Yeah. And uh, we would have it the first week in April before spring break, and sometimes it would conflict with the Winter World University games. And so, yeah, it was right smack dab in the middle of, of April, what, 10th through the 16th, 10th through the 15th, and yep, uh, of March, March, yeah. March, March yep, that's March, right, yeah. March. So, all right, all right, well, there, there we, go. we go, Missouri State. Uh, all right, next up with Nevada, Las Vegas, uh, 13 wins in conference, three overtime shootout wins, so 16 total wins, and then they had three straight-up losses and one overtime shootout loss. Um, obviously, the big thing for them is, you know, they lost both the games that they came out to uh, and played Central Oklahoma, and they, um, they also lost uh, at home to Arizona, uh, they're at the city national center, but they had some, uh, they had some games where they, you know, were, were close where they went on the road and they had some tight, tight, tight games, unnecessarily tight. Yeah. Yep. You know, they, obviously they lost close to the end there with, uh, with ASU. I think they went to a shootout the next night with ASU. Um, you know, what, what do you think for, for Nevada, Las Vegas? And understand that hey, there's a whole nother podcast that's basically dedicated to Nevada, Las Vegas. So I'm sure they'll they'll have a rebuttal at some point because it's no, all Vegas all the time for them. That that's all right. You know, I would. <laughs> that's I'm giving Stephen Marsh a hard time because 
<laughs> I, I needled I needled that poor kid at, at nationals every single chance I could, <laughs> and I don't. He's lost my number. You know, yeah, I'm, well, blocked you on everything. I'm not going to be back on the ABC PDQ podcast anytime soon. So uh, that's all right. That's yeah. all right. Me, uh, so tell me about Vegas. Well, you know, I would kind of go back to maybe a little bit of the team discipline aspect that we talked about just a second ago. Mm-hmm. They uh, kind of put themselves in some bad spots a few times. And, uh, yeah, you, you correct that, and there's a lot of games that go a lot of different directions, you know. And I would say that would be the big hanging point for them. They remind me, UNLV this year reminded me of Central Oklahoma a couple of years ago. Ultra-talented um, but they like to talk and yep. they're, they, they, um, they, they know that they're good. And, um, so that, that, uh, the lack of humility sometimes gets, the, gets the better of them and, and it puts them in a bad spot. There was now they, they beat, I forget who it was that they beat at nationals. I, I, you know what, here, I have it all right here. They beat um, – it was – oh, Liberty, the game against Liberty. Um, they beat Liberty in in the matchup, but seven seconds in, there was a kid that was running his mouth and got called yeah, they, for an unsportsmanlike penalty. Yeah, and, they were already – yeah, it's you – know, you took humility right out of my mouth there. I was going to say, you know, a little dose of humility would go a long ways out there, right? Well, and that, I think that goes hand in glove with, with the discipline because if you, if you know that you're good – you don't need to tell everybody that you're good. Just show them. That's right. And beat them on the scoreboard, right? Beat them on the scoreboard. And, you know, if someone wants to, you know, chest up and, uh, you know, let them know that, you know, wants to play, you know, who's the machoist guy on the ice, then just point to the scoreboard and skate away. Yep. You know? That's right. And put, That's right. put more pucks in the net. Nothing. T- tell me. I mean, Adrian, uh, all Adrian had to do was point to the scoreboard against Missouri State. You know, you don't need to sit there and laugh at somebody or, nope. you know, or to take a stupid penalty. Just put points on the board and just then, keep just keep running it up. They, they're ultra talented. Their goaltender, Wixon, is excellent. And um, they have they have a lot of team speed and they have a, they their their forwards are very, very good. They have a couple of really good D men. I think they could um, uh if you know if there's a, a place to strengthen or to shore up, I think it would be the depth on the D line, um, because they do rely an awful lot on you know just a couple of players on D. But uh, uh, you know they're they're not far away from being an elite an elite team. You know, no, no. yeah. So I, just just a few things, right? And yeah, it's, just a, and it's a easy tweak. things to fix. Yeah, a yep. tweak. Just keep, easy, easy stuff. Keep your mouth shut. Don't don't do stupid stuff after the whistle. Just play hockey because boy, those UNLV again. I I was giving it to uh, to to their their you know favorite blogger, um, and uh, but they I mean they shut me up. They 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 impressed the heck out of me at nationals and. Uh, I mean they've they've got a real they've got a lot of team speed and they've got a lot of talent and if they could just rein in uh, some of those gifts that they're giving away to other teams in terms of power play opportunities I think they could be I think they could have gone a lot farther than what they yep. did so and they and they should probably stay off Twitter <laughs> well. <laughs> 
their social media they they they're so you know social media is supposed to be fun but they're uh sometimes they they you know took it a little too far so yeah yeah cross the line a couple times that's yeah okay. yeah 84 goals scored in conference 52 goals against and uh you know they finished in a virtual tie with missouri state so uh um, uh, but the, the tie was broken due to conference wins. That's why Missouri State finished second. All right, hey, uh, fourth in the conference, Arizona um, had uh, what, what eight wins, uh, eight wins in regulation, three overtime or shootout wins, six losses in regulation, three overtime shootout losses, 67 goals for, 58 goals against. I think this one's pretty easy. Yeah, they just need more offense. They need I mean, a lot more offense. I mean, it's hard to say that when they're, Sitting mid pack with goals four at sixty seven, but yeah, it's there's a lot of one and two goal games for Arizona this year, right? Yeah, and and that shows up because they had six games in conference at least that went to extra time, and yep. those are missed opportunities, lost points. Yep, I, I think I think pucks in the net is the is the cure there. Yeah, there's there's no doubt. Find some more they, offense. They've got everything else. I mean, they've got it off ice. Everything's run great. I think they've got team discipline. Yep. Just need goals. Got good team culture, I think, and yep. lead, you know, led by the guy behind the bench. Obviously, they've got a, a great future lying ahead of them with a new, a brand new rink that's uh, opening up down there. Uh, mm-hmm. Not this season, but next. So, um, yeah, I think they've got uh, they've got a lot of things going for them. But yeah, if they can, it seemed uh, late in the season that when they scored, it was more by accident than by design. So, yeah, uh, if they can get more offense uh, going there, and that's you know, I think. Partly, you know, keeping kids in school, keeping them, you know, they, they are, you know, our friend, uh, I say our friend, a guy who has a great name, Malafronte, Greg Malafronte. Malafronte. He, what a hockey name. He, he left them at the uh, semester break and, you know, it's a school issue. And so it's, uh, I understand you can get distracted out there. No, oh, yeah, it's easy. I mean, there's, there's a lot of stuff to do. Lots of, lots of golf, warm weather and, uh, other distractions, yeah. other distractions that, yeah, that. We won't name, right? <laughs> <laughs> we, hey, we, uh, yeah, let's let's not name them to protect the innocent. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, the innocent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So Arizona needs to get some needs to find some scoring. Yeah, uh, find some scoring. That'll that'll go a long ways out there. How about this number five, Utah? This is the one that Anita will be most interested in since she's a, a Utah uh, fan. A Utah. She she's the one of the commentators on the Utah hockey games. Utah finished in fifth place, and uh, they were tied with ASU for points, but they uh, had the most conference wins, more conference wins than ASU. So they had nine regulation wins, uh, seven regulation losses, four losses in overtime or shootout. 78 goals for, 75 goals against. Utah, if you remember, at the beginning of the season, I think was picked last or next to last in the preseason coaches' conference poll. And here they are finishing fifth. Yeah, no, total total surpriser on this season, right? Yeah, finishing, finishing the size they did. You so know, I can't. Here, what might help them make them next better? Or what What's an action item to improve? You know, I can't. I would say just keep keep on the course they're going. I mean they they didn't take a lot of dumb penalties. I would the one thing I think is maybe shore up goaltending a little bit. Mm-hmm. They, uh, get some get some help back there. So I don't know if that's. You know, you can't put it strictly on the goaltender, but maybe uh, shore up some D and then uh, help shore up the goaltending on the backside there. But, you know, I think they're headed in the right direction. And, yeah, I'm going to say stay uh, par for the course where they're at. Not going to disagree with you. I think uh, they're they're on a good trajectory right now. Um, Obviously, 
Um, they need another goaltender. They have one yes. goaltender, and they rode him all year long, even when he was injured. I think his name was Anderson. I don't know if yep. it was Landon or Brandon, but Anderson was the name. And if you remember, down in Arizona, he got knocked out of the game, and there's a poor guy sitting on the bench who was dressed in goalie gear, but he sat on the bench, and they didn't put him in the game because he wasn't medically cleared to go. Um, and so while Anderson is off the ice being checked out for whatever, you know, whether it's concussion or I don't know what it was, see if his knee was, I don't know why he was hauled off or what, but they literally delayed the game five or 10 yeah, minutes. Cause it, yeah. Cause there's nobody else to go out there. There was no one else to go out there. So I think if they can get themselves a quality backup goaltender, um, to, uh, so that they're not in that position and they don't have to wear Anderson down. Because that that was the other thing. I thought the team got tired yeah. at the end of the season. They lost a game that they didn't need to lose. They were in the contention for a spot at Nationals, and then they go yes, to Fort Collins, were. and they lose a game outright yeah. Yeah, they, to CSU. Well, and they lost that one, and then they you know they, they split with Oklahoma. Yep. They're late in the season. They were, they were 100% in the driver's seat with their destiny going to Nationals, and, and – like you said, kind of kind of sputtered there at the end, and that's that's a sign of a team that needs more depth, right? Their their kids are getting tired because they they're riding the same horses shift after shift after shift, right? Yep. So yep, yeah, yep. just add a little bit of depth and continue on the course that they are, and I think they'll be a uh, heavy hitter out there. The coaching is there, the uh, the organization is there, the rink is there, the the altitude is in their favor. Um, <laughs> You know, the it, it would be nicer if they were a little bit closer to the rest of uh, rest yeah, of us. But I'm sure they're, that they're out there on an island a little bit. Yeah, I'm sure other people think that Missouri State's out on an island or that uh, some other folks. But uh, yeah, I think Utah is going in the right direction. Coach Feeney's got him. He he was a you know a great addition, and I think he's got the Utes uh, in the in the right spot. All right, Andrew. Hey, that's, we're we're halfway through. Let's do this. I'm going to hit a few buttons here. So let's hear a oh, horn oh. and Caddyshack, and then let's do the last five because, man, there's one there that I know you want to get to. Mm, I don't know about that. Yeah, hold on. <laughs> uh, but hey, as they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. All right, Andrew. Let's do that hockey. Arizona let's State was was sixth. They finished uh, tied with Utah in terms of points, but they had seven wins, five overtime or shootout wins, eight straight-up losses. They did not lose in overtime in conference. So uh, when they went to overtime, they were guaranteed to win it. So uh, good for them. I think the big thing there is um, uh, obviously they had a coaching change at the mids at, at semester. Tate Green uh, was the coach for the first half of the season, and uh, he was uh, – uh, well, let's just say it. I mean, he was let go, and yep. um, Austin Klein took over for them, and they played a, a, a really good second half of the semester. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. So um, I don't know what it was, why they why the guys weren't uh, responding to uh, Coach Green in the uh, first semester, but um, you know, I would think that the the what if or the the recap of their season or what can they do to get better is um uh i i guess i'm going to say a little bit more maturity if they if the kids would play hard no matter who their coach is yep um because you kind of got the sense that kids might have you know taken the foot off the the gas pedal in the in the fall just because they might may or may not have liked their coach 
And, um, you know, once, once the coach was gone, that's when the kids said, Oh, Hey, now we got to go play hockey. Yeah. And they did. And they did well. They did. They, they, one of the best teams spring semester, I thought, you know, if, if we reshuffled everything after Christmas break, they'd have been top five, probably, you know, realistically looking at it, the, uh, just dug themselves too deep of a hole in the first semester. They They did. They did. I think, uh, moving forward for them, they got to figure out how to bottle up what they did in the spring semester and come out in the uh, upcoming season and, and start off the way they finished. Right. So yep, yep. they got to figure out what that was and figure out how to reproduce it and keep moving forward. Right. They did well. They went down to uh, Tucson and took care of, uh, took care of business down in Tucson against their rival. I mean, they, they won, uh, what, two games, I think it was late down there in yep. Arizona, um, both one goal games. Uh, they split with Vegas there at the end. They came out here to Oklahoma and uh, swept uh, Oklahoma. So I mean, they were yep. playing playing very very well. Um, yeah, if they were just if they were doing that in the fall, I think their season would have been a heck of a lot better. Yeah, they'd have been a contender for sure. There's no doubt. There's no doubt. So all right, they and they've so you know they've got Austin Klein. If 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 they keep some stability there in terms of their team leadership, Austin Klein is the coach. Kelly Newton is the assistant. Ted Burr is their great general manager, super nice guy. Ted is, and uh, you know this is the last go around at the Ocean uh, Oceanside Ice Arena is closing down uh, this uh, after this upcoming semester. So, really, yep, after this upcoming season, I mean. So this is it's going to be uh-huh. demolished in March of twenty twenty three. I did not know that. Yep. So they're going to have to, uh, you know, this season. Uh, they'll be able to play some games at the new multi-purpose arena that um, the NCAA hockey team is playing in, and also that the uh, NHL Coyotes Ugh. are playing in. Yeah, Ugh. yeah, I know. But in uh, those games that they'll have there, they're probably going to be the figure. They'll be the rivalry games right against Arizona and Grand Canyon. Yeah, but um, all the rest of the games, there won't be any more conflicts uh, at least this year at Oceanside because. The big team, the NCAA team, is moving to their new, brand new on-campus arena. The question will be, what are we doing in subsequent years after that, after the ocean is uh, demolished and there's only one rink in town for them to play at? Yeah. Well, are you gonna are they going to make room for them at the new facility or are they going to have to find something? Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a two-sheet – it is a two-sheet facility. Um, they'll, will they have to play most of their games in the back? While the uh, while the NCAA team is going in the in the big bowl, are they going to have to play on the practice rink out back? Um, you know that's not optimal, but um, you know we're, we're not there yet. So let's yeah. And, and hey, if that's what you're doing, you're still playing, right? So. Still still playing. Yep. So uh, had a lawyer friend of mine tell me, "Don't duck until we're shot at." So uh, <laughs> we got a year to we got a year to look out for shooters at Arizona State. <laughs> there you go. All right. Hey, go. Uh, next up after that is Colorado. Colorado finished seventh. They won three games in regulation. They won one in overtime. That was the uh, wasn't that the game up at uh, up at Missouri State? I think it was. It was. It was. Yep. Lost eleven in regulation. Lost five in overtime. So they had some heartbreak games, including I think a couple against Oklahoma. So uh, what what can uh, what? Oh, hey, let's see. Fifty one goals for, eighty goals against. You know, we, we left out Arizona. Arizona was right on the – right even. 79 goals for, 79 goals against uh, for Arizona, so Arizona State, I'm sorry. And then uh, Colorado in seventh place had 51 goals for, 80 goals against. What are the buffs got to do? I, you know what I would say with them off ice, the 
the organization in itself, right, needs needs to be stronger. They're they're in a hockey hotbed there in central Colorado and all that. There's a ton of hockey players around them. No reason why you can't go get some of those kids. It's you've got to get all the little fine details pinpointed a little bit more, right? Mm-hmm. You know, one thing that sticks out to me, you know, when when we were up there, the whoever it was that was running the score bar or score bar. You, know, you look over and they've got their iPad out and they're watching the football game. And all the while, you know, the ref's beating on the glass, trying to get them to do something. And these kids, they're scratches, healthy scratches. And they're too busy watching the football game. So it's, and it's like, we know you, you, you never know when you're going to get a broadcast when you go up there, if you're going to be able to watch the game, if you're not there, you know, so yep, yep. there's some of the, some of the organizational off-ice stuff needs to be buttoned up a little bit more and get a little bit tighter. And I think they can make a run at it. You know, Colorado's been good, and I don't know why they can't get back to that. You know, there's no no doubt, uh, and I agree entirely with what you're saying. The off-ice stuff. One of the things that annoyed the bejesus out of me, and you you know this because you deal you dealt with this for a long time. After each game, I like the home team to send me their score sheet. I'll punch it into the system for them. And it was Colorado for whatever reason this year was notorious, especially in the fall semester, for not providing the score sheet. Never mind to me, but to the opposing coach, it was like the game was over. The kid doing the scorekeeping and the clock keeping and whatever would, uh, you know, turn everything off, and he would jet out of the uh, rec center. And so nobody had a score sheet. There were times when I would get the score sheet, like on the following Tuesday or Wednesday. Well. Yeah, and so it was, um, and that's just not how we do things at ACHA Men's Division One, right? It's, no, no, that's we, that's lower division stuff right there. Yeah, we prefer that you put the scores in, you know, live during a game. But if, if you can't do that, at least you know that night after the game. Um, and uh, so yeah, that was just kind of some uh, that, and like you said, the reliability of. Uh, you know, guys off the ice, whether you're going to have a score, uh, like, like I said, a broadcast, um, just w- whether you're going to have enough people to open the penalty boxes or not. It's just, um, yeah, I think, I think they've got a, a good coach in terms of, uh, Benny Toller. Yeah, no, exactly. He's a great dude. And they've got some, uh, I think they've got some, some talent on that team, but it, it just seems as if they kind of. You know, they show up and they expect things to happen as opposed to kind of pre-plan and yeah, pre-plan and making things happen. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they've got a yeah. nice arena. It's on campus. I mean, they got all, a sweet setup. They do. They do. All the all the cards are there for the making, right? It's just like I said, dialing in a few of those little details and getting those fine details done. Yeah, and they could and they could take off for sure. On the ice, obviously, we're talking offense. Need more offense. Need more defense. Um, they, they. I think they needed to find some consistent goaltending. They thought they had some in uh, uh, with uh, um, uh, Liam O'Gwen, and then uh, you know Ravi Kadri kind of uh, stepped up there towards the end of his senior season and, and bagged some games. And uh, I think if they could find themselves a solid number one and uh, get some uh, good D in front of them. That would yep. give them some confidence to uh, move forward, but they were they always seem to be playing uh, playing defense. Yeah, and it, like I said, offense is a big key right there. You know, they, yeah, they scored what average two and a half goals a game at fifty one goals over twenty games. So yeah, yeah, I mean it's 
you know, you're either going to have to be really stout on defense or you're going to have to figure out how to, how to get some offense going, right? There you go. Win some games. Two goals isn't going to win it, not in the ACHA. That's, that's right, not in the ACHA. Next up behind the buffs is their arch rival up the road in Fort Collins, the Colorado State Rams. Uh, finished again with three wins, three overtime or shootout uh, wins, and then 14 losses in regulation. They did not lose. If they went to overtime, they did not lose. 59 goals for, 90 goals against. Um, you know, I'm not going to say it's okay to give them a pass, but they, they found their coach, Camden Lambert, kind of late in the summer, and he didn't really have a chance to recruit. He didn't have a chance to kind of get organized. Um, yeah, it just kind of boots on the ground and take off running, right? Yeah, I mean, it was, uh, you know, let's, you know, they were the little Dutch boys sticking, sticking their finger in their dike and, 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 you know, trying to stop the flow of water type of stuff. Yep. And, yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, I, I hope that they're, they get a little bit better, uh, this season. They have a lot of talent up there. And I think, I'll tell you what, um, this is just me and maybe I'm biased because, you know, I have someone that lives up that way, but, um, they played hard. There weren't games where they They, laid down. Oh, there's no doubt about that. You know, they, they, let me look here. I mean, they got blown out at Arizona eight to two and they got blown out. I guess you could say they got blown out. Central took care of them in a game. Uh, Missouri State took care of them at Missouri State, and then UCO. But otherwise, they were they were in most every game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know they. Geez, I'm looking here. Three to one, four to one, five three, three two, uh, three two, four three. You know, five three. The, the, their last game where they. Uh, I guess could arguably be a blowout. They lost to Utah four to one, uh, five to one. But um, you know, I I think they've got some good coaching up there. I'd like to see them get some more um, off ice assistance. And um, but uh, let's like you know, I don't I don't want to say let's give twenty one twenty two a mulligan to the Rams, but you know, I, they they would have been better served, I think, had they found a coach sooner in the yeah, cycle they, than later. Yeah, they're behind the eight ball a little bit there. The uh, you know, kind of my thought process is like we said, they've got to keep up the tough play because we talked about it all season long. You when you're playing the Rams, you better show up and ready to and ready to go because if not, you're going to pay for it, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I think if they can keep up that mentality, and then if they can shore up on the back end a little bit, I think they'll be. I think they'll be okay. You know, they, I think they'll. I think they'll be a okay. Actually, they've got a great little goaltender, Sam Simon, and. Um, you know, they've got, uh, like I said, I think they've got some coaching. I know they lost a, a senior at the uh, sem- – they lost two seniors at the semester break who were um, key contributors. Kyle Nelson was one of them. Um, and, Andrew, I'm, g- I'm just going to say it. I think uh, less chickens and less photo shoots in the West <laughs> and more focus on uh, defense and scoring. But uh, See, I, 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 I was I was going to go just the opposite. I was going to say more chickens. <laughs> more chickens. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we we can get in so much trouble if we keep going down that road. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. It's the last podcast, right? What the heck? Yeah, I was going to say anything to us. <laughs> what are they going to do? Fire us? We're not hockey yeah. guys. Yeah. Oh, geez, you're going to get me in so much trouble. <laughs> all right. Uh, next to last, Grand Canyon uh, finished ninth in the conference. They also had three wins, uh, one overtime uh, win or shootout win, 12 regulation losses. But, boy, they had four overtime or shootout losses, 65 goals for, 106 goals against, tied with uh, tied with Colorado State for points. But Colorado State had the 
got the tiebreaker, not based on conference wins since they were tied there, but because of goal differential in conference games. So, I mean, I just think the, the, the thing that jumps out there is 65 goals for, that's okay. I mean. Yep, that's serviceable for but, sure. But then 106 goals against. Yeah, and 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 they've got a great little goaltender out there. Mm-hmm. Um, Kas- was it, Kasabowski? Yep. That's how you say it. The, uh, he, he is more than serviceable in this league. I think, uh, you know, like we said just a second ago, shoring up on the back end on the D there to kind of help him out a little bit. And then uh, – you know, kind of finding four overtime losses, just, you know, that's that's growing pains. Just figure out how to win those close games and, and close those things out. And then you take those four and you stick them on the other columns, you know, that's that's a game changer, you know. It is. That is. And I think this is, I think this season, let's get to uh, Anita's question. She says, you know, if only this hadn't happened or an observation that might help make next season better. I think if this hadn't been their first real season at Division One and their first real season in the conference, I think they got they got ambushed. Uh, their first series, they went on the road and they played at Maryville, and then they played two at Missouri State, and they just got walloped in all three games. Yeah, and I think that was you know welcome to real Division One, and um, I think that kind of sent a shock to their system, and. Um, you know, they, they, uh, so I think now that they have that experience under their belt and now that they know what to expect and that they can hang with the big boys, they can play with the Arizonas and the UNLVs. Um, I think that that experience will do them well in future seasons to come. Yeah, totally. Cause they, I mean, they, they, they totally finished the season strong. I thought, you know, they, they were in a lot of games and that's just, that's just figuring out big boy hockey. Division one, just figuring out how to close those tight games, right? Yep. They'll, and that, just give it time. They'll they'll get there. Yeah, well, yeah. They'll get there. They lost, lost a lot of close games to Arizona, UNLV, Arizona State. They um, they did, but they you know they like I said they took one on the chin at the beginning of the season when they went out to Maryville and Missouri State, but you know what they bounced back and I thought they were you know we talked about it every every week you know they were. They were in it every week, you know. I thought they did very well out there. Fun little team to watch, and um, uh, they, they've got some – tell you what, the kid number 33, Cummings, um, he's wearing a goaltender number, but, man, the kid can score. He can play. He can play for sure. And like you said, Kasabowski and Ned, he's hot and cold if he gets a little uh, consistent. And uh, I, I think Grand Canyon's got a got a bright future. But yes, they do. I, this season – We'll, we'll, hopefully they learned an awful lot in uh, future seasons. They'll be able to build on it as uh, uh, from this was basically their first season at D1. But, yeah, nothing to hang your, head, hang your head on on this one for sure. All right, Andrew. Well, hey, we've got one more team to go. Um, let's see here. Who might that be? Oh, that's Oklahoma. Mm. <laughs> your Oklahoma Sooners. Two wins in regulation, three overtime shootout wins. 14 straight-up losses and one overtime or shootout loss. I forget who that was. Um, might have been. Uh, I, don't, I don't remember who that was either. Oh, was it Was it uh, a Missouri State? No, 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 no. It might have been. No? Here, I'm going to look here. Uh, Colorado. Colorado at Colorado. There we go. Yeah. Oh, that's right. They blew a, blew a big lead, right? Colorado yeah, came I, back and got them. I, I, yeah, I believe so. I believe so. Yeah, yeah, okay, all right, that's yeah. that's what it was. Oh, no, here, I'm looking at it. At Colorado, here, 2 nothing, 5-3, uh, they lost those two. 
Maybe it was at Colorado State. Maybe that's what it was. Yeah, I think yeah, it was it was one of the Colorados, I believe. All right. Well, yeah. yeah. Anyways, uh, so what? What? Tell tell me. Um, tell me, or do you want me to just? Do you want me yeah, to go and? I think I'm going to bow out of this conversation, <laughs> yeah. and I'll, I'll let you talk. And that way, that way, I am excusing myself from this one. <laughs> well, obviously, a learning experience for for Oklahoma. Um, not the Oklahoma. I mean, I. You would think that this would be rock bottom for Oklahoma, but then so we've had some developments postseason that no, I'll talk about here in a second. Um, you know, they just they didn't have what do they have? Forty nine goals for, seventy nine goals against. The goaltending wasn't there, the defense wasn't there, the scoring wasn't there, and um, it was uh, it was just a disappointing year, I think, for Oklahoma. There were some times when they when they won, but come on, their first. You know, the the first win of the season for Oklahoma came here. I'm going to look it up really quick. It, at Is that right? At Colorado? No, they hosted Colorado. Those are the only two wins. No, 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 no. What am I looking at? Four to three, four to three. All those were overtimes. That's what, it, that's what we yep. have. Yeah, those and, overtimes. And then, and then uh, Colorado, when Colorado, Colorado State, State outright. There we go. That's when Colorado State, 5-4 and 5-2. So, um, anyways, I just think that's a... Uh, just a disappointing season for for Oklahoma. Uh, the goaltending needs to be more consistent. It was uh, in in the scoring just wasn't the offense just wasn't there. Gave away way I thought they were undisciplined. Gave away way too many power play opportunities and and it made it it other teams took full advantage and made it made it pay. So obviously I could really talk about their crappy general manager, but I don't want to do that because he's my friend who's <laughs> on the podcast here. So. <laughs> Uh, but Andrew, the, the big news I think for Oklahoma uh, going forward is is this uh, because we have some off ice developments that have happened since the season's ended. The North American Hockey League team that played in Wichita Falls, Texas, has announced that they're moving to Oklahoma City. They're going to play at the Blazers Ice Center um, next season in the twenty two twenty three season, which means that Oklahoma will be allowed to practice at the Blazers Ice Center. But they're going to have to play their games north at Arctic Edge, which is the same arena, the same rink where uh, Central Oklahoma plays, and also where another ACHA team in a lower division, Oklahoma State, where they play. I don't know. I forget if OSU is Division Two or Division Three. It doesn't matter. They're terrible. Yeah, I've never. I, I think they're two. Yeah. Well, hey, power to them. They're. I mean, they're. Anyways. So that's the big news for Oklahoma is that um, they're going to be forced to change locations of where they're playing their games. Um, and it sounds like there's some other changes coming at the top. Um, you know, maybe the next time we have this podcast, Andrew may or may not be the general manager uh, for the University of Oklahoma hockey team going forward. Um, but uh, it sounds like they're, they're going to be in the market for a new coach, perhaps. And, um, you know, a lot remains to be seen. What's going to happen with uh, Oklahoma? I know that. Um, oh, Andrew, what's fair to say? I it's fair to say that you and I met with the with the with the team uh, about a week ago to you know kind of go over, kind of break this news to them and uh, go over their options, which are you know, do you want to play or do you not want to play? Do you want to do you want to hang it up? Do you guys just want to quit? And um, I thought to a person, they all said they wanted to play, so that was encouraging. Um, they might not uh, like the circumstances of which they're having to play games, but uh, 
you know, I mean, it kind of is what it is. And uh, when life deals you lemons, I think the best thing you can do is try to make some lemonade out of it as opposed to moan and groan and, you know, uh, bitch and whine. So anyways, that's uh, it remains to be seen. I think uh, in the coming weeks, again, we're taping this podcast on April the 6th. I got a feeling in the uh, next week or two, we'll get some other news out of Oklahoma. Uh, as to whether or not they'll be playing next year, I, I, I'm confident as we sit here tonight that Oklahoma will play um, and that they'll have, uh, they'll, you know, it might not be the best Oklahoma team. And uh, again, it's obviously not the best circumstances. I, I'm pretty darn, I know Oklahoma doesn't like it, but I'm pretty darn sure that Central Oklahoma is not a fan of this arrangement either. And I'm pretty sure that Oklahoma State's not a fan of this arrangement either. Um, but, um, you know, we just have to accept the reality that the gentleman that owns that, that the ownership of the two rinks in Oklahoma city is owned by the same fella. And he wants, uh, he wants the, uh, the North American hockey league team that's moving. He wants them to be exclusively at the Blazers ice center. And he wants all the ACHA college teams to be exclusively playing out of, uh, the Arctic edge ice arena. So there you go. Period. End of story. There you go. So. We'll see, and, and I'll tell you. Like I said, I hope. I would say right now it's probably Andrew. I'm 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 going to put an estimate, and if you disagree, jump in. I, again, I'm not trying to put you in a difficult spot, but I would say it's probably seventy-five twenty-five that uh, Oklahoma will play next season. Um, but you know, on the off chance that there's a twenty-five percent chance that they won't play, um, the conference will still chug along. I've already got a. Uh, a, an alternate, a contingency schedule built uh, with, uh, you know, our schedule with all 10 teams was built um, back in October, and we've tweaked it all the way up through this past January. But, uh, you know, just recently, I'd say within the past uh, 24 hours, I have a new contingency schedule that is only for nine teams, and it uh, still gets all all teams playing uh 20 equivalent games let's say um so uh, you know we'll we'll live no matter what happens and i hope that uh it's my hope and desire that oklahoma continues to uh to play and uh you know i my my goal i i don't know that i served you well when i was at that meeting <laughs> andrew so uh but but my goal was was to kind of try to you know I, I say major league it because i i, I think of the the kids in the room were obviously angry. They didn't like what they were being told. But instead of, you know, drooping their head and looking at their shoes and, you know, MF and everybody and everything, I was hoping that they would follow kind of, you know, what happened in that movie Major League where guys got angry and they channeled that energy in a positive direction and they wanted to show whoever it was that they think that has uh. done them wrong, they wanted to show them that, you know, hey, you guys made a bad decision. Um, well, the only thing we got to do is we got to get the uh, cardboard cutout and start taking pieces of it for every win. I mean, cardboard cutout of you and a speedo, huh? <laughs> yeah, that'll that'll get them fired up, all right. <laughs> they'll, they'll add more pieces to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That thing will be yeah. that thing will be dressed in a burlap sack. The uh, <sighs> now the only the only thing I'd say is 100 percent they're playing next year. The uh, okay, not gonna, not going to look the same as it has in years past, but 100 yeah, percent they're playing. All right. Well, that's 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 good to know. Uh, hopefully, like I said, hopefully we'll get some news uh, on that here pretty soon. I know the kids are desperate for news, and they deserve it. And um, 
hopefully they'll get some, uh, you know, the, the, obviously the ice availability in the rink location is not going to change, but in terms of the um, where, you know, are they going to play or are they not going to play? Hopefully uh, they'll, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I like what you said, 100% versus my 75%, but I've got to be, I've just, you know how that goes. I've got to be ready just in case. Yep. <laughs> You're just going to leave it there. Yep. 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 Hey, yeah. you know the the the, the, ni- the nice thing is Andrew, um, because you know the scheduler, you have Oklahoma has a nice schedule coming out, and I'm not trying to jump ahead of things because people will see it when they get there. But Oklahoma is scheduled to go to UNLV next year. They're scheduled to host Grand Canyon next year, and we have a nice little showcase coming to uh, Oklahoma over MLK weekend in 2023 with. Uh, Number one, Lindenwood. Number two, Minot. Number six, Central Oklahoma. Number, what, 20, Midland, I think it was? Yep. And then uh, Oklahoma was, what, number 35? And then newcomer to ACHA Men's Division One, Oregon. So each team will get three games in three days. I just hope the Oklahoma schedule is not too tough. (laughs) Yeah, it might need to uh, tighten it up a little bit. Might need to... uh, Mm. We need to find some more cupcakes to, to lay in there so that yeah. they can uh, feel better. I'm not, I'm not going to say too much so I don't incriminate myself, but yeah. That's... <laughs> that was one of the di- more disappointing things I heard on last Tuesday. Yeah. I don't know if you heard it, but I know I heard it. And uh, that was the, the, the lack of, uh, the lack of, uh, the lack of competitiveness, if you will. The, la- the... the lack of willing, you know, I, I think of I think of the movie uh, 300 with all the Spartans, you know, and however many of them there were. Obviously, there were 300, but um, however many of them there were, they weren't phased. They took on all comers, mm-hmm. Xerxes and all those Asian assassins, and then the all, all the you know however many armies they threw at them, they took them all on. They didn't care, and um, so. Yeah, I, there there was some rumblings that maybe the schedule might be a little too tough. I kind of, you know, I kind of I kind of live and die by the adage, and it's whether it's in whether it's in the hockey world, whether it's in in professional life, life in general, whatever it might be, right? I live by the adage that I'm gonna I'm gonna play the toughest. I want the toughest. Yep. Anywhere, anytime, any place, you name it, I'm there. Right. Yep. And. That's just kind of that's just my my adage, and you know, people, you know, I've been accused of being overly competitive before. You know, I I get that anytime anytime I play any kind of sports with my daughter in the front yard, I get I get told that I'm overly competitive. <laughs> you know, so it's maybe that's a fault of mine, but I'm I'm playing anybody, anywhere, anytime, and the tougher the better, in my opinion. Right. Well, that's that was always my scheduling attitude: steel sharpened steel. And if uh, the other saying I always had was, if you want to be a big dog, you got to run with the big dogs. Yeah. And but uh, so. But yeah. as a as a as a very smart man said, Forrest Gump. That's all I got to say about that. <laughs> all right. Well, let's. Uh, you know, I'm sure there's a lot more to this that we'll be able to talk about uh, a little bit later on. Um, maybe, maybe as the hourglass, the sands and the hourglass continues on. But that's that's the latest. That uh, and and it's a very fluid situation right now. So we're not going to try to do anything to queer any deals or to uh, 
you know, try to mess anything up or to light any fires or cause any drama. We just yeah, uh, yeah. there's hoping there's for the best. Lots of, lots of options on the table, and you know, there's there definitely work to be done, right? Nobody's yeah. going to deny that, but there's still lots of options on the table and lots of stuff to uh, chew over, right? The nice thing is that the folks at the Blazers Ice Center, including Andrew, and the folks up at Arctic Edge um, are, uh, I, I think they're of an equal mindset in terms of, you know, these are the lemons we're be- we've been dealt. We're going to try to make the best out of this situation as we possibly yep. can. Yep. And uh, so it's there hasn't been a, an F you, get out of here, you know, type of a deal. So it, that hasn't happened. Everyone's kind of... For the most part, I think taking it as acted like adults in yep, uh, for the most part, yep. Yeah, and uh, there are some who shall remain nameless that perhaps haven't, but um, uh, anyways, we'll just we'll just leave it at that. All right, well, hey, there we go. So uh, Anita Suchia, I hope that we answered. Uh, well, I hope we, I hope we, you know, I hope this was a fun one for you and fun one yeah. for the listeners. Um. Andrew, I mean, this is the last podcast of of the of the season. Um, it's insane, isn't it? Yeah. Let, let me ask this. I mean, uh, strong possibility that you may or may not be back as the general manager of OU Hockey. Are you interested yeah. in coming back as the uh, lead flunky here on the uh, terrible regional suboptimal uh, college club oh, hockey I, podcast? I don't. I don't think we can disappoint our fans, can we? <laughs> <laughs> well, we might we yeah, I think we just did by saying we're coming back. <laughs> they're, they're they're pouring one out right now saying, "All right, Chris and Andrew, goodbye." Those guys, yeah. And they just, "Oh god, no, they're coming back." All right. Well, good. Good. Good cuz I didn't want to lose you here. So, we'll we'll keep tabs on things and we'll still keep being knuckleheads. Any um uh, let's let's shift away from hockey. Anything else uh, come come about that flipped your lid here? I mean, this wouldn't be a WCHL podcast if we didn't go off the rails a little bit. Yeah. Oh Lord, I don't know. I don't know. Come on, yeah. Andrew. Come on, you got to have something for me. Oh, I'm trying I, to rack I, my. I got something for you. Oh, what do you got for me? Netflix. Oh, oh Lord. Coming f- uh, Friday, February eighth. I don't know anything about this. But it's a film called Metal Lords. <laughs> and it says, For teenage misfits, Hunter and Kevin, the path to glory is clear. Devote themselves to metal. Win the battle of the bands and be worshipped like gods. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Come on, I'm waking up early to watch that one. <laughs> <laughs> that, that does sound pretty interesting. Yeah, it, it, it sounds hokey as all get out, but I'm there. Hey. <laughs> We've never been accused of being the sharpest tools in the shed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, hey, you know, since we talked last, Pearl Jam has announced that they're uh, resuming touring again. Yep. So the yep. tickets that you and I had for their 2020 tour um, are still good for 2022. Really? Oh yeah. So uh, nice. I'm sure we'll nice. be we'll be jamming out to uh, down in the pit to one, sugar and- one of the two of us. Andrew is a member of the Ten Club. Well, and, uh, I've never, I've never joined the ten club. It's all right. Yeah, it's all right. You're, you can be a nine and a half. I'll be the ten. Big, big sugar and white ninja, right again. There we go. And I got a funny feeling our friends from Sweden are going to hit the road again. Um, yes, I hope so. They'll, they'll, we were supposed to see them the other day. Yeah, well, and then we had a little, had a little positivity mishap. Ugh. Can you believe it? Ugh. 
<laughs> carry over from carry over from December, yeah, and, well, it, and it got me unbelievable. It's unbelievable. all right. It's all right. Unbelievable. Well, so we've yeah. we've we've got some uh, we've got some metal to look forward to. I'll, I'll I'll tell you this, Andrew. I know you're going to make fun of me for this one. Have you ever heard of the band Camino? No. Yeah. Well, neither have I. But I'm going to go see them. Oh boy! Uh, yes, June the second at the Canes Ballroom in Tulsa because Cam Laram is making a special trip home just to go see this band. Uh, She's a groupie. I, I remember you telling me about this now. Not a groupie, or what's what's that? A, 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 a groupie makes it sound terrible. Like she's going backstage <laughs> to have sex with him. I don't mean that. What what is, what is it when you follow team when you follow them around? The uh, yeah, I, yeah, I know what you're saying. She's seen them like a hundred gazillion times up in the Denver uh, area. And, Camino, huh? Yeah, the band Camino. Oh, I, I don't know anything about him. I, did you watch the Grammys the other day, Andrew? The who? Yeah, see, there were so many things I had no clue who the, who any of these people were. There was Gunna. There was Ugh. there was this there was this rap lady, and her her name was S Z A, but they call her SZA. Yeah, uh, I I don't I get don't, any of that. I don't I don't watch. What's the one where? What's Oscars where Will Smith Smith beat the crap out of Chris Rock? Yeah, hey, beat he beat the crap out of him with a slap. Come on, I don't. If you're gonna hit somebody, hit them. That's what I. That's what I thought. But you know, if I'm gonna hit somebody, I'm gonna punch them in the mouth and make them feel it for a few minutes, right? They, uh, <laughs> I don't watch the. I don't watch the Oscars because I don't get into their their BS. Yeah. I don't watch the Grammys because it's not my not my taste of music, right? Yeah, yeah, I hear you. You know something that that I have watched uh, again Netflix. Um, something that I have watched that I've uh, that I've really enjoyed. It was recommended to me by uh, the Wizard um, out there in Ohio. All hat, no cape. It was uh, Formula One Drive to Survive. Oh, that stuff is unbelievable. I've, I'm not a race car person. Trust me, I am not a race car person at all. I I'm, I can't stand NASCAR. That's oh. not for me at all, right? Oh, you got to go see it in person. It's totally different. Well, and, and that may be because when when Oklahoma City had a dirt track, um, I was I wasn't a sponsor of a guy, but I was in with a sponsor of a guy, and we would did those World of Outlaw things. And holy mm-hmm. crap, those things are those things are a blast. Yeah, the sprint cars they scream. Those things are are awesome. But and I've never been a Formula One person at all. You know, um, but holy smokes, that drive to survive is awesome. It's great. It's great. You know, those, those machines are something to be marveled at the way those guys drive, how fast and how, just how quick their hand-eye coordination has to be. And, and the G forces that are on their bodies when they're going through those turns and all that, it's, it's incredible now, now, what those guys do. Yeah. It, it's, it's insane, isn't it? It is. It is totally insane. It's it, crazy. It, the the thing, two things, Andrew. Um, number one, it it I think it validates um, uh, everyone playing Playstations or Xboxes because it seems like all the, all of the controls for these super duper fast race cars are literally in the hands of a controller on the that that is yep. a, a steering that doubles as a steering wheel. Yep, they they can they can adjust the gearboxes on the fly. They can. There's paddles to, to change the RPM shift points. Uh, it's inc- it's incredible what those guys can do. 
Incredible. And the, and the second thing is, Andrew, is it's made me drive faster as a result. Um, <laughs> so I now weave in and out of traffic and uh, I'm, I'm trying to uh, round corners as closely as I can. Sometimes I go up on the curb, uh, right. just like they do you gotta, in F1. You got you to learn somewhere, right? The South Oklahoma City Grand Prix. So <laughs> every morning around eight o'clock on the way to, on the way to my office. The, so, uh, no, those, those guys are incredible. The, uh, I've always, I've always been a big racing guy. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I've always been a big closet racing guy. I, uh, <laughs> I, I enjoy it. <laughs> and breaking news. Andrew is in the closet. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Oh, geez. Yeah, way to, no, way to go out on a high note here, Andrew. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, well, you know, it is what it is. The, uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm, yeah, I, I love that stuff for sure. I've for I've sure. made it. I'm I'm usually not one to look for things, especially if I've missed the seasons. But um, season uh, I've I've gone through seasons one, two, and three, and I'm just getting ready to start season four. And uh, yeah, really, really good stuff. And and hey, I know that the Australian Grand Prix is this weekend, so I will end up watching it. Well, and they're and they're going to be racing. Uh, I think three times in the United States. That's right. Next year, uh, this this year? this year it's Austin and Miami. Next year, Austin, Miami, and Las Vegas. Yep. Yep. So three times coming up. So, I mean, those things are pretty impressive. The, uh, what's even impressive too, is I used to go down to Fort Worth to the big, uh, mile and a half racetrack down there. Yeah. And I used to watch Indy cars and Indy cars down there before they got in trouble, they would churn laps at, you know, Two thirty, two thirty five, two thirty seven. Oh, you know they, you know they were getting up there where they were clicking two hundred and forty miles an hour, never lifting off the pedal, um, full wide open all the way around. Wow. You know, I went down. I want to say probably the first five or six years that they raced down there, I would I would go down and I had a cousin that lived down there, so I'd go stay with him. Yeah. And then him and I would go to the races and we would watch these things and, you know, it was. I was there the year, and people, I don't know if they know what I'm talking about or not, there was a year that the cars got too fast, and the drivers were, there was so much G-force on their bodies that all the all the blood was rushing down, being forced out of their bodies and away from their hearts, down into their legs, and guys were coming in and out of semi-consciousness. Wow. And And when they were getting out of the car, they were getting sick. When they were when they were stopping because all that blood was rushing back up through their body and it was it was causing issues for the drivers, and they actually had to uh, restrict these things and and put restrictor plates in them so that they they would slow them down. So now they're down closer to like the two ten two fifteen range, and it's <laughs> and it's keeping the g forces down on their bodies and it's um, keeping them from getting sick and the drivers passing out in the cars. Wild, wild, yes, yeah. How about that? See, I, I, blew your mind. You didn't. You know, I knew all that, did you? I didn't. I didn't. Oh, yeah, see, it, see it, hearing hearing you talk about this though, Andrew, it makes me wonder one thing: why doesn't why the Zamb- we why we have never done it? Why doesn't the Zamboni go faster? Why can't you get the Zamboni faster at the at the Blazers Ice Center? I, I do have a bottle of Nos sitting in my office right now. <laughs> Put a little nitrous in there and let's go. <laughs> let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Street racing Zamboni. Yeah, oh my gosh! But, yeah. yeah, I think, and I think the only really thing that would jog my memory over the past couple of weeks is, uh, you know, we make no bones about it, and I'm a huge Foo Fighters fan. Mm. So, you know, you and I have talked a little bit about it through text and all that, and and there's there's a big disappointment 
for me as a Foo Fighters fan right now. So yeah, I hope they I hope they keep playing and I hope they get back together and and keep rocking out and keep putting on good shows for us and all that. But yeah, lots of lots of disappointment on the Foo Fighters front there. It's uh that that was that was just a shock. I was just a shock to learn of Taylor Hawkins passing down yeah. in Columbia, and then to even more so to learn of what. But yeah. uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, we, we you and I, we've had uh, you being Big Sugar and me being White Ninja. We, we we've we've ridden a few times to see the Foos. Yes, we have, and yes, uh, we have. so we've we've had we've had a good time uh, with them before, and so yeah, that kind of came yeah, as a shock. It was shocker and very disappointing to to learn how it happened right yeah the, uh, yeah you know, what was it in two was it 2000 that he was over in europe somewhere spain maybe and he overdosed on heroin taylor hawkins did and and almost died over there and then it seemed like he kind of got it together here for the for quite a few years in a row got sobered up and all that and you know i thought that they were just gonna rock on until they just they're gonna be like keith richards i think it'll be like 100 years old going going to town right yeah and uh yeah what a quick uh turn of events that turned out to be for what, us right what, what a shocker that was yes it was yes it was wild stuff wild stuff well um yeah let's hope that they keep on going just like oh, hey, who do you think has a better chance better odds of uh coming back the foo fighters or oklahoma hockey <laughs> I want to say Oklahoma hockey right now. <laughs> <laughs> See, I knew you'd like that. I'm trying to tie it back yeah. into the WCHL. So, yeah, there you go. All right, amigo. Well, hey, uh, let, let's wind this bad boy up. We appreciate everybody over the entire season listening to uh, listening to us jibber jabber and put up with us and all of our nonsense. Uh, follow if you know this is going to be the last podcast uh, until probably what August or so, unless yeah. unless we have some wild circumstances that arise. Um, we've got, uh, you know, I, I doubt, I mean, nothing's going to change in the Western Collegiate League except for, you know, I guess the question, the open question about Oklahoma, but Andrew pretty much, you know, slammed the door on that one saying they're coming back. The difference in the B conference, if anybody cares about that, we have Maryville leaving. They're going off to a different conference and Jamestown is joining up there. And then, uh, University of Mary will join, uh, the B conference, uh, the following season. So, uh, yeah, I think this will be the last podcast until about August when we get rock and rolling again for ACHA Hockey. Oh, boy. In the meantime, follow Andrew on Twitter at StickfordAM. You can follow me on Twitter at CJP in OKLA. The Western CHL is on Twitter at Western CHL. And we're also, this podcast is on there at WCHL Pod. And, you know, if you've got questions, concerns, stuff that... Uh, yeah, I think we're Anita was in in Lee Tyner. They were kind enough to send some questions. I think we're going to hold off to the beginning of the of next season. Yep. You know, stuff about me and you and how the conference got put together and oh boy, it makes more sense to kind of deal with that kind of stuff at the beginning of the of the season, more towards the <laughs> does, end. Does anybody really care about you and I? <laughs> no, ding dong. <laughs> yeah, we're we're not hockey guys, so who cares? Yeah, right, that's right. Who cares? We're just loudmouths that happen to have a recorder, and uh, here we are. <laughs> Jeez. So, all right. Andrew, anything else uh, that you want to say to the masses before we get out of here? Hey, the only thing I've got is I appreciate it. You guys listening to us all year. We uh, couldn't do it without you, and we're glad we got to bring ACHA hockey to you, and uh, we hope to get to see you next year. That was the nice thing. It's always nice to, to get out on the road or to go to a rink 
and someone walks up and says, hey, uh, I was listening to that. And my first reaction is to apologize. Yeah, like, oh, God. I'm so sorry. Uh, but it, it is nice to know that there are, you know, there's a, a person or two out there listening. More, we have, we have at least 15, and I think they're all in Springfield, Missouri. But uh, yeah, they you know, come up and listen. Yeah, and if it's fifteen or if it's or if it's thirty, who cares, right? It's there's somebody talking about these kids playing in the WCHL and shining a little bit of light on them. So that's that's yep. all that really matters, right? That's all that matters. That's all we're trying to do here. Andrew, appreciate your help over the uh, over the season. If I had a parting gift, I would give you one. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> once, a, once, once again, you disappoint me. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm gonna. I think your parting gift will come soon enough. Oh, okay. Okay. So it'll it'll be it'll be a true parting gift. Oh boy. So yeah. All right. Well, hey, let me uh, here. I'm going to make sure I don't hit uh, Clint Eastwood or something. So Andrew, uh, thanks again. I appreciate you being my sidekick and putting up with me and all of my baloney. And uh, appreciate everybody listening to this. Uh, shoot us a, an email. Uh, but in the meantime, we hope everybody takes care of one another. Uh, take care of the ones that you love. Tell them that you love them uh, because. Um, as we found out with with Taylor Hawkins and some other folks recently, uh, life is pretty dang short. So yes, uh, it is. Don't don't miss an opportunity to tell whether it's your kids, your parents, your brother, your sister, just somebody. Do something nice and uh, tell them how much you care about them and that you love them. So because uh, it's life is too friggin' short sometimes. That's right. That's right. All right, Andrew, I'm gonna hit the button. Let's get out of here before I start crying. Okay. Hey, do it. Let's do it. All right. uh, Hey, everybody, have a great summer. We hope you enjoy it. Stay safe out there, and we will catch you on the flip side. Wah, 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 wah.